0: Objective value is only determined by your perception. And so, what you need to practice and build as a muscle is perception. You need the strongest perception you can so that no matter what the circumstances are, you feel grateful that you get to do it. You're excited to do it. Dude, I love taking out the trash. You know, my wife tells me all the time, You're so lucky, you always love what you're doing. I'm like, Yeah, because.
1: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Spreading Success Podcast. My name is Ram Raviv, and I am your host. Today, I am joined by David Meltzer. David, thank you for taking the time out to hop on a quick podcast. How are you doing today?
0: I'm amazing, man. Thanks for having me. I love that picture behind you. Thank you.
1: I really appreciate it. So I kind of want to get right into it and ask you a pretty basic question that can have so many different answers, but how do you personally define success? in terms of your life?
0: Yeah, so success is found within yourself according to the potential that you have. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing and most difficult part about success is understanding that it exists in an ego-based emotion. It's in the ego-based consciousness. So if you can extract a truth out of it of you know whatever you're pursuing, it could be money, it could be sports, it could be school grades, whatever it is, to be a success within the context of what you're trying to achieve, It's really about how much acceleration and growth am I achieving towards my potential. So for example, in my life, I've had what other people in their own perception determine as great successes as well as great failures. And in my own, my greatest success, or in other words, the closest I've ever come to reaching my potential was uh, playing college football. Because according to my potential, I shouldn't have even, from what other people thought, played high school football and in my own uh, focus consistently every day, persistently without quit in the pursuit of my potential as the best football player I could be. Although I didn't reach my potential, that's the closest I've come. If I could reach as close to my potential in finance, for example, as I have in football, I'd probably be worth, you know, 10, 20, 30 billion Mm dollars.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely important because a lot of people define it by mon- monetary and by a lot of these social standards. And I think that's definitely a big problem that a lot of people need to really understand before they rush into things. And so one thing that I, that I want to talk to you about, and I know you and people like Gary Vaynerchuk preach this a lot, is why they do what they do. And most people give the basic answer of, oh, I'm fueled by gratitude. But in terms of you, I want to know specifically, why do you do what you do? What is it that drives you to create the businesses that you've done and to just be consistent on a daily basis with, with everything that you do in life?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, for me, the why is so what I can do for other people to be of service. Mm-hmm. The why is for everyone the exact same. I think billions of dollars are made on people teaching why when they should be focused like Gary and I on the what and how everybody's why is simple. I could ask you, your why is to help somebody. It's either to buy your mama a house or, you know, to help some kids in Africa or save the environment. You know, everyone has a why. The critical component is executing on providing for others or providing for your why. And that takes what most people don't even know what they want. And most importantly, the how they don't know how to get it. And so I concentrate a lot of my time effort and emotion on empowering others to empower others to be happy impacting their lives so that they can figure out their what aligned with the why and how to get it and if i can do that they will be in the pursuit of their potential they will be happy you cannot be happy when you cannot not be unhappy when you're taking action or pursuing where we create problems for ourselves is when we put faith in what we don't want in the ego based fear emotions anxiety resentment offense guilt all those different things that we do and we end up manifesting or getting exactly that so know your what and your how the why to me is obvious it's completely relevant but it's completely obvious for everyone Mm
1: -hmm. yeah and speaking of that of course you on a daily basis have so many things that you have to do. And you're of course fueled by the passion of helping others and creating your businesses and supporting your family and things like that. So for the people that see you on the outside and don't really know what it takes, can you just walk us through like a basic 30 seconds of a day in the life? What does it take for a day in the life of David Meltzer?
0: Yeah, first of all, if you're gonna create a routine, make sure you create a home routine when things are normal and an adaptable routine. So when mm-hmm. your family's coming to town, you got a fraternity party, you got a bachelor party to go to, or you're traveling, you need to make sure that you are in the habit of having two separate types of routines mm-hmm. according to what you prioritize value-wise for your day. Mm-hmm. For me, my home routine is one I'll talk about for 30 seconds. One, I wake up at 4 a.m., immediately meditate for 20 minutes, I then immediately get ready to go to the gym. I go ahead and uh, from there, get to the gym. I work out a minimum of one hour. I come home. Uh, It's now approximately 6.30. 6.30 to 7.30 is complete family time, making sure I hit my minimums of 30 minutes with my nine-year-old, 30 minutes with my wife, as well as the minimum of two minutes for each of my teenage daughters and Mm -hmm. one minute for my mom. Uh, so I hit hit all those, I make breakfasts, lunches, really bond, uh, at 7.30, I put my earpieces in and I take three coaching calls on my drive to work. I come into work, I trace my calligraphies, and now I'm a student of my calendar and I react uh, by utilizing the five twenty rule. So five minute objective on all my phone calls, 20 minute objectives for all my meetings and interviews. Uh, therefore, the lens that I use in my day through is productivity, meaning how much value am I providing, and accessibility. How accessible am I to others to do interviews like this where other people may not do it? Or how am I accessing what I want? How efficiently am I shopping for what I want and getting it? In other words, the what and the how, how are they working? At 4.45, I put my earpieces in and I take three more coaching calls. I'm one of the top executive coaches in the world and I take those Get home and from 5.15 until 7.30 is all family time once again. And then 7.30 is, uh, you know, more on myself and uh, research, writing, still usually around my family. So there's some integration, uh, but I try to do uh, that stuff, study my calendar for the next day, do research on other things, write uh, my new book, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, And I try to stay up till 11 p.m. Uh, When I say that, that's my goal. And I put goals for the next day to understand that what am I going to do to make sure I wake up at 4 a.m. the next day. So that's a general life and day in what I do. Mm -hmm. And throughout all the things that you have to do, is there anything in
1: particular that you don't really like doing or you kind of see as a burden or everything you do, you're all in 100% passionate all the time?
0: that's all perception. So what I've learned over the years is I get to do everything. And if Mm -hmm. I cannot feel as if I get to do it and I'm blessed to do it, that I'm lucky, then what I do is take a minute, go back to center and I find the light in this. So, you know, like Gary and I were talking, he uses the, the lowest common denominator. Like if there's something that, he doesn't want to do or something that's making him anxious, he goes right to a grateful state, a center that says, well, you know, at least I'm breathing or what would it feel like if I lost everything? You could do that. But just remember your subjective value, which is inherent in every single thing that you do, the subjective value is only determined by your perception. And so what you need to practice and build as a muscle is perception. You need the strongest perception you can so that no matter what the circumstances are, you feel grateful that you get to do it. You're excited to do it. Dude, I love taking out the trash. You know, my wife tells me all the time, you're so lucky. You always love what you're doing. I'm like, yeah, because I actually have learned to love everything that I Uh do who like Who would love taking out the trash or who would love selling legal research online or who would love doing interviews all day? You know, believe me, I love to do all these things because I look for the light and I say to myself, man, what an opportunity to share, impact others, empower others to even change your life is a Mm -hmm. huge blessing of mine. And how many people have that opportunity? These are all right up here. So change your perception, change your life. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of people, can say they're grateful for all these things, but when stuff doesn't go their way, it's just really hard to actually act and, and be grateful during those times. And that's something that I've definitely struggled with, You know, preaching gratitude to friends and family, and then something bad happened. It's like, oh, I wanna be grateful so badly, but then it's just like the natural human emotion to be angry, sad, depressed, and, and things like that. So it's definitely something that is really, really difficult to deal with at the time that it happens. Um, and so this is more like a personalized question, but when you're not working and you're not, uh, doing things part of your schedule, I know you're very busy, but what is, what is some hobby or some passion that you have aside from work that you do when you're not working, you're just having
0: fun. So everything, you know, as a student on my calendar, Mm -hmm. uh, I do, uh, has a purpose to it, right. Mm -hmm. Including visiting with people, uh, and doing, so for me, what I love is to spend time with my, my own kids and my wife. That's why absolutely. And I just, it doesn't matter what I'm doing as long as I'm doing it with them. Uh And because I take the perspective that I take the time to learn to do everything, learn to love everything I do. There's no difference between, you know, standing on the sidelines of the charger game on Sunday with my nine year old and him catching passes from a charger player to when he and I are just sitting around, you know, talking about fantasy football—it doesn't uh-huh. matter to me. Or if he's walking outside while I'm taking out the trash and telling me about his day—you uh-huh. know, this is once again a great indicator of perception. And you know, I'm blessed. The funniest thing is, the more you take that perception, the greater the opportunities of things that are really easy to love. Is it uh-huh. easier to love standing on a sideline of a Charger game for me than taking out the trash? Yeah, it came naturally, uh-huh. but. I actually work very hard so that my perception is the same of both. And that's a true gift and a true talent and a skill that will last you forever and create extreme abundance in your life. That means Mm -hmm. enough of everything for everyone. Mm -hmm. And is there
1: an actionable way for someone who does not really have a lot of gratitude in their life to build up that skill? What does it take on a daily basis? How can someone just develop that skill?
0: You want to change your life you need to say thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up. Mm-hmm. Got to do it for at least 30 straight days. If you can do that for 30 straight days, go ahead, DM me, You thumbs up, gratitude, whatever. You mm-hmm. can text me, you know, at 949-298-2905 and I will give you and ship you and pay for a free book if you can do it. But the reason I do that is that most people, if they say thank you before they go to bed and when they wake up, by tomorrow, they won't say it again. Three days from now, they won't yeah. say again, And it's so difficult. I spent nine months on stage, so I actually could do it myself every single day, night and morning, every single day without missing. It took me nine months. Now, my life changed still because I had a whole bunch of gratitude in it, and it was reinforced. I never went one day without saying thank you. But specifically at night and the morning, I did miss a day, and then I have to start over. But I have studied physics, quantum physics, and metaphysics. Mm -hmm. I have talked to the world's thought leaders, business leaders, and sports leaders. Every single one of them agree. Everyone, without a doubt, that gratitude is the highest vibrating, highest frequency. The easiest way to change your life is to be grateful for what has happened to you, what is happening to you, and what will happen to you. In other words, put faith in the maximum potential of everything. Put faith in the light and everything. Gratitude is the most powerful habit that you can have. Mm -hmm. So like anything else, you need to practice it. Consistently, every day, persistently, without quit, in the pursuit of your potential to be the most grateful person you can. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I know that in terms of your businesses, your ultimate passion is providing for others. I know your whole uh, your whole saying is make a lot, help a lot, have a lot of fun um, for your for your sports uh, company. But my question for you is, if your passion is helping the most people. Why did you, why did you choose sports while marketing? Why did you choose a podcast? Why didn't you just do a million other things? Why is it those things that you ultimately decided to choose to help fulfill your passion and
0: make you happy? So like anyone else, my goal is to have as many opportunities or options to do what I want to do. Uh Uh, And if my goal, which is to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun. The best option, as I came to this realization, working as CEO of Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, the oh. notable sports agent who they made the movie Jerry Maguire after, I had several different options. I could work for you know, Troy Aikman or Steve Young or this company, TELUS or whatever. I chose the best opportunity to align with my personal values, my experiential values, my giving values, my receiving values. I chose at that time the best opportunity that I could to make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And knowing that it would also, which opportunity would provide more opportunities to do that. And because I have a top digital business show, I have the top entrepreneurial podcast, I have books four of them that are best sellers. I have, uh, you know, a great sports marketing company, a media company. I speak around the world. I'm the top executive coach. Mm-hmm. All that stem from me making the first decision of taking the best opportunity to make more money, help more people and have more fun. Mm-hmm. And it has allowed me to build a platform of millions of people that I can impact. And most importantly has provided a platform that will continually accelerate and grow in the same respect.
1: hmm and going back to that, if I know you said you chose, it was the best opportunity at the time. But if kind of looking back, if you had to do it another way, would you still do it the same way? Or would you kind of tweak, tweak some things? Or how would that work for you?
0: The only thing I changed is I look back and, you know, I had a very career of always taking advantage and taking the best opportunities. Even, you know, when I wanted to be a professional football player and I sucked. I decided to be a doctor. I hated hospitals, so I decided to be a lawyer. I wanted to be rich, so I went to be an oil and gas lawyer because that was the richest graduating law school job you could get. Meanwhile, I then had an opportunity in the internet, so I took that instead of practicing law. I still took the bar just in case to keep my options open. I became a millionaire nine months out of law school. I built my reputation on internet guru. I went to Sand Hill Road and raised money for a wireless proxy server company and had a $169 million company there and then moved to Samsung to be the CEO. I wouldn't change any of that except one thing. I would add radical humility into my life. I would have asked for a lot of help because if I asked for a lot of help, I wouldn't have had to pay so much in dummy tax for all that I experienced. I would have had many more opportunities. I don't know what they were, but if I would have been humble and asked for help or asked anyone if they know anyone or anything that could help me, if I made that my habit of being of service to provide value, which I always was, but instead of being egotistical, asking for help in humility, I would have expanded and accelerated everything that I did. I don't know what it would have been, but I know I would have had multiple options, better opportunities, and been a lot farther than I am today.
1: Yeah. And I know you talked a little bit about how you kind of took the digital guru route. And of course you're pumping out so much content on a daily basis. You're one of the only people that I have post notifications on because just the value provided is very practical as well as incorporates a lot of different mindset tactics that I feel are very, very valuable for a lot of people, including myself. So in speaking of the whole digital guru type of aspect, where do you see the future of social media headed with new apps like TikTok and where the attention is really shifting?
0: Yeah, I think people are confused about the different platforms on social media and social media in general. So because as we went from a traditional model where you had, you know, TV, radio, print, uh, and then in this new extended version, what the capacity of social media has is transference, transformation, editing, formatting, uh, capturing, amplifying, and perpetuating. What does that mean? That social media is a platform that's an extension. Mm -hmm. Everything else is content. So you, you have to in person create content, then you capture it, edit it, amplify it and perpetuate it on social media. Mm -hmm. So I'm agnostic to LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, right? I'm just scaling the best that I can to figure out the best format and the best messaging to the crowds, right? The reason I haven't started TikTok is number one, bandwidth. I want to personally be engaged with everyone on my Instagram, my LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube. YouTube came to me to help me have a million subscribers. I am working on having the bandwidth to do it correctly. The most important thing I do, and that makes me, and I have a distinguishment in the place, is I know I have incredible situational knowledge, experience, and relationship capital and Mm -hmm. ideas. So as long as I'm capturing all of this right here, Mm -hmm. then when I'm ready to go on TikTok, I can go ahead and create the content for TikTok that's formatted correctly, that has the right messaging, language, frequency, spectrum, and clarity, that's necessary to be successful. And I don't have to put an artificial, uh, which so many people do, an artificial value on how many uh, followers I have, mm-hmm. right? I, I laugh because you and I both know there's mm-hmm. so many people out there with so many fake, I mean, Ellen has 40 million fake followers. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not a follower person. I know Gary's not either. I know my engagement because I know how many people are reaching out to me, telling me I'm changing their lives. They want to hire me for all kinds of stuff. I see it growing every single day and I'm not worried about how many people it says, follow, follow me because people view what I watch. Yeah. They comment on what they watch. They may not follow me, uh, you know, but I have hundreds and hundreds of thousands and millions of people actually that do follow me now. But, it's not the following. And I think Mm -hmm. when you realize that don't worry about the platforms, you will find and learn and ask for help. You know, Gary's my mentor. I'm on top of TikTok with him. That's exactly what we're talking about is a 51 year old business person, sports executive, technology executive, spiritual guru, all these different things that I am, is what I talk about applicable to TikTok audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, if so, what parts of what I talk about? Because I guarantee you, if I'm talking about the conscious, subconscious, and unconscious continuum and entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. that's not going to do well on TikTok. Mm-hmm. If I talk about being kind, right, and being happy, yeah. that's going to that's gonna be on TikTok. Uh, mm-hmm. So everybody out there, work on your content, work on your strength of your signal, your frequency, the spectrum of your signal, and the clarity. You can always repurpose it, capture it, amplify it, and perpetuate it. On any platform, you know, Gary started on Vine and all that and learned the game and then he went to Instagram. Do the same thing. Just Mm -hmm. keep learning, keep testing. If you have good ideas like Mickey Mouse, it has 470 million views on YouTube Mm -hmm. because it's a good idea. Yeah, It resonates with kids and parents and aunts and uncles and grandparents, period.
1: Perfect. So my final question, this is like a very very quick one, is if someone could only read one book their entire life to become successful, other than yours, which book would you recommend to them?
0: Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Perfect, man. Well, book. I still read it, by the way. I've read it fifty times. I wrote wow. my books, you know, connected to goodness. I took to Napoleon Hill Foundation and told them I want to write a book like Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> man, you read Think and Grow Rich. You're leveraging the most successful people in history and all of their philosophies. And you keep studying that and remembering them and taking action. You will be kind to your future self and you will be doing good deeds. You will make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun.
1: Perfect, man. David, thank you again for hopping on the podcast. I know I enjoyed it and got so much value and I'm sure the audience will as well. And thank you for hopping on. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Got it, my man. You call me if you need anything. You guys want some books, go ahead, DM me. I'll mail them out. Will do. All right. Take care, man. Thank you again. Thank you. Take care.